Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. sometimes we just it's good to just stand here in the presence of God and allow him to just minister to you there's peace, there's love there's joy, there's hope we thank you for that this morning Lord hallelujah amen and amen praise the Lord, amen God is good this morning amen God is good. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We, um, today is the last day of our fast. Been able to <laughs> hear from God a little more. Maybe you've gotten some insight into what, more about what he has. And I, I feel like, you know, our focus is revival. Our focus this time has been just, sometimes I make three points, four points, but this time it's just, when I say just, I don't mean that badly, but it's, been, it's, it's revival. And what is revival? I want to just, I'm going to get in my sermon in a moment, but I just wanted to remind you this morning as we talked about, and then my sermon goes along with revival, but um, just the, the Greek word there, chaya, means sustain life, be restored to life or health, to cause to grow, to restore. Something that's alive will be growing and bear fruit. An improvement in the condition, strength, or fortunes of someone or something. An instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. What is it in your life, maybe during this time, that, that God's trying to revive in you? We pray for it, it's that and corporately. And I believe as a church that God is, is, he's reviving us in some areas. And we've been putting some time this week into, um, well, not just this week, but this whole year. And, and for God to, to do some stuff in us and for us to, 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 to grab hold of what God has. And um, something that, that becomes important again in our lives. I think that's very significant that we allow things to become important again in our lives it's so easy to get busy especially these last couple of years it's been so crazy and, and it's you know to get your focus off and, and to get on to other things and let other things contain your mind and capture it and so you know so, but 2022 I just felt I felt this morning we were in our prayer time this morning and brother Ray prayed with us and you know he just he, he just said about 2022 it was like an excitement and God's going to do some good stuff in 2022 amen, amen. in 2022 God's going to work on you amen. amen I just came up with that just then it wasn't something I had amen Look forward to him doing something great. I'm excited about the church and what God's going to do here, in and through us. 
Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Amen. And my sermon this morning is called Fresh Start. Now, how many people would like to have a fresh start every once in a while? You know, you get up in the morning and you want a fresh start. Um, I told them, I said, you know, our weather pattern's got to change a little bit because we can't have snow every weekend. <laughs> we're, we're in the south, okay? But, which yesterday's snow was awesome. It was fluffy and pretty and all that good stuff. But, so, um, so we, we all, I think, want that. And, and you know, we've had, we've all made mistakes. We've all had experiences over, especially the last year, that, that are good and bad and all that. And, and so we've had setbacks, right, possibly, in certain areas. There's things we couldn't do the way we wanted to do it because things are different. And, um, but we can't allow those to enslave us. We can't allow those to stop us. Can't allow those to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. We can't allow those to change who we are in Christ. We can't allow those to, to push us down and dominate us. We have to rise above it. We have to rise above those things. And, um, you know, it's um, God's given us an awesome, full life to enjoy, right? He said it in John 10, 10. It's, I've come to give you life and give it to you. How? More abundantly. And, you know, one thing we need to realize is eternal life does not start when you die. So many people think eternal life is when I die, then eternity starts. No, eternity is right now. Right? I, that eternal life that Christ talked about started in me the day I was born. But the new life started the day I accepted Christ. So... Uh, is this eternal life? It's eternal now. I'm just going to live differently and better when I cross that Jordan River, whatever, you know, the old saying, the Jordan River. When I, get, when I cross into that promised land, that, that, that heavenly realm, that spiritual realm, it's going to be different. But I'll warn you this, you're not going to be floating on the cloud playing a harp. You're still going to be doing something. God's got something in store for us. It's going to be more awesome than we could ever think. And guess what? We're going to have all the power we need to do it. We're not going to have this crazy body, this flesh to hold us back. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm ready and excited. <laughs> but so we got the enemy that wants to tell us, well, you know, he said that, but what does it look like in your life? Does it look like this? This more abundant, abundantly? And I don't mean abundantly by just finance I'm talking about everything we can't let him tell us that we need to remind the enemy say guess what buddy when I do when, when that final day comes you know remind him who he is and where he's gonna be put him in his place guess what buddy I'm gonna live forever awesomely you're gonna be in troubles but see the enemy don't want you to have that fresh start and so I'm going to talk a little bit about that and, and what we can do in our lives to have that fresh start. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 in the New Living says, but forget all that. And, 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 and you know, before this, the Israelites have been going through all this stuff. He says, it's, not, it's nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I'm about to do something new. How many of you are about ready for God to do something new in your life, something fresh? Amen. See, I have already begun. Did you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will cre 
create rivers in the dry wasteland. You know what? One of the things that we've had the opportunity, if you've done it this over this past um, just a couple of years and all, is to see the pathways that God has made for you in the wilderness. We're here, guys. We're still here. And, and, and the, 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 the rivers and the places that look bad, but he's given you the, the way to go through. So he's given us so many things. In the New Century Version, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, The Lord says, forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I'm going to do. It's, it is already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. So he, God said, look, I'm going to do a new Can't you see it? See, that's part of, of a visionary statement to me. It, you, can't you see what I got in store, what I have in store for you? Don't look at all this stuff going on. I've, I've made you a road. I've given you a place to, at the river. You know, a river is a place where you sit down and refresh yourself. I've given you refreshing. I've given you days of refreshing. Can't you see it? Even in the midst of all this wilderness and this dry land and this craziness, I've given you a way. And all you had to do was choose it. I believe, and see, one thing that can happen in this as we're going through this life and as we're going through things and all that kind of stuff Things begin to happen, and you, you know, some, if you allow it to, it can stop you from going forward in, in, in the Lord, can stop you from going forward in Christ and doing what you're supposed to do. You know, you know well, God has called me to do this, and then all of a sudden, all these roadblocks come. You can choose to stop, or you can choose to find a way. You can choose to find God's way to show you how to do it. And, and you know what happens with that? Then you start making excuses. Well, I'd like to do this, but you know what? Um, this happened, and that happened, and I feel like this, and I don't feel like this, and I don't want to do this. And I don't. You know how excuses? We all make them. Remember when you were kids and your parents asked you to do something, and you made all kinds of excuses not to be able to do it? Right? Maybe your kids do that today. Well, do I have to do that? So the first thing in, in, in um, getting a fresh start and hearing what God has to say is you have to stop making excuses. You have to stop making excuses. Maybe you say, well, you know what? Maybe there was something that happened in your life, and you say, well, you know, last time I tried this, this is what happened. I failed, so why do I need to start again? Start make, stop making excuses for things that maybe you failed at. You know, failures are things that you build upon, you can build upon, and go, well, you know what? You've heard me say before, I think it was Alexander Graham Bell failed like 900 and something times before he invented the light bulb. You know, I mean, whoa. But he kept going. He never stopped. Right? Never, ever stopped. But some of us, after about two or three tries, it's done. What is it? You used to say three strikes, you're out. Three tries, you're out. 
We have to keep on. Keep on. Stop making excuses about maybe something you did wrong. Stop making excuses and saying and blaming other people. Well, you know, I tried to do it, but Mike wouldn't come help me, so I couldn't do it. Or, or, you know, Ray tried, but he was going to come help me last Sunday, but he couldn't make it and sing with me while we were. (laughs) So, so, you know, you can't blame other people. Well, so-and-so don't like it. Well, so-and-so don't like it. But if God told you to do it, you got to do it whether somebody likes it or not. You got to see, stop seeing yourself as a victim of your circumstances and rise above that. You can become the victim and say, you know what, I'm just going to get down there and waller in it. And I'm going to be able to do it because you can't do it if that's what you do. Instead of being a victim of your circumstances, you need to be a victor over your circumstances. You need to be able to rise above it and keep doing what you need to do. I mean, you know, there's many people that have jobs and that there are so many challenges. Sometimes, you know, it's like, this ain't exactly right. This ain't exactly right. This doesn't do right. And this does do right. Whatever. There is. You got to go keep going forward. Proverbs 28, 13 in the Living Bible says, A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. You got to say, You know what? Yeah, I made those mistakes, but I'm going to rise above them. And usually, a lot of times when you can admit your mistakes, it's easier for you to figure out what you did wrong and then go back and fix it. Right? But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Isn't that awesome? All you had to do was say, you know what? I messed up. I'm not going to do that again that way. Lord, forgive me and start over. Repent. In the um, Proverbs 27, 12 in the Living Bible says this. A sensible man watches for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. The simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. One of the number one reasons we do those things and we fail and we don't go forward and we don't keep going is we don't prepare ourselves. You know what preparing yourself is? And as far as spiritually, it's getting in the Word. If you're prepared in the Word, if you know the Word, if you're prepared in your, in your, your personal life with with Christ, your prayer life with Christ, then you can hear him speak to you, right? You can hear God speak to you certain things. You know what the word says about the situation? And maybe you won't make as many. You look for what could. It's not being negative when you look for this, this could happen or that could happen, so let's fix it. Let's not go that route, right? If you're... Um, Anything you do can be that way. That's why when you're building a building, you look ahead. You put enough concrete down to, 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 to hold whatever it is you're going to put on top of it. You couldn't just put 
two inches of concrete down here and set all these us on it and expect it to stay there. Or, or, you know, or, or drive something through it. On the highway, they have to, Ray was talking about this morning, you got you to gotta have a good, I'll just say a good bed. You got to have the foundation right so when you put that on there, trucks can drive across it and me and you can drive across it. The simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. So we have to prepare ourselves for things that could happen. We have to prepare ourselves. I think you have to prepare yourself mentally and spiritually to say, you know what, this could happen. What am I going to do if it does? Am I going to let it destroy me? Or am I going to go through it? Am I going to push on through? Um... You know, like, you prepare when you get ready to go on a trip. There are problems that could happen. So, you, you know what you should do if you don't? You should make sure you got good tires. Say you're going to drive 500, 600 miles. Make sure your tires are good. Make sure there's air in them properly. Make sure you got a full tank of gas. Make sure <laughs> oil chains, yeah. Make sure your oil is good. Make sure... You check all those things, the water in the radiator, all those things. you got to make sure because if you don't, you might be stuck beside the road somewhere. What about Noah? He started building the ark, and it was 120 years before he got through and got it ready. Imagine that. How many of us would have lasted that long? How many of us could live that long? But <laughs> think about it. I mean, 120 years. And was everybody like, oh, no, this is awesome. This is the most beautiful boat. No, they'd never seen one. They thought he was the stupidest man they'd ever met. You lost your mind. You're over here doing all this work. And you're just building away. And, and, and you know, he got that every day. Every day. It wasn't like just once in a while. The rain didn't come for a hundred, but when it did, everybody wanted on the boat. But unfortunately, everybody couldn't get on the boat. We give up too soon, guys. We stop too soon. It can't ever give up. Proverbs 24.10, this is in the New Century Version. It says, if you give up when trouble comes, it shows that you're weak. And that's not in a negative. It shows that you haven't prepared. It shows that you haven't done the things you need to do when trouble comes. you got to be ready for when trouble comes. The next one is take inventory. You need to take inventory of your life's experiences and learn from them. And in this, I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about experiences, good and bad. You know, when you, anything that you do, you know, it's really, um, I was trying to think. Some people say that, I'll, just, I'll give you an example of a job I had. I won't say where it was, when it was, so nobody won't. But I had a job, and, and we, um, 
Anyway, it don't matter. It, we built PLC control panels, and we had a, an engineer, young engineer, just got out of school, came, and he fixed it. And they designed it, and he sent it down to, to you know, it was the whole, our company, and he sent it down to our shop. And I was over at the shop, and I was like, that ain't going to work. Because I'd had experience doing it before. I had built several of those panels. This one was six foot wide by six foot tall. So it wasn't a little one. It had about 3,500 connections in it. And um, several controllers. And I, I was like, it's not all fitting right. It's not going to work right. So I called and I said, look, man, you know, this is not going to work. It's got to, and, and immediately, I'm the engineer. Said, oh, really? Yeah. I said, I understand that. I'm just trying to save you some headache. No, you do it just like I said it. I'm the engineer. I said, okay. $10,000 later, mistake. And a, and a PLC control panel that we had to put over to the side because it wouldn't work. But guess what happened the next time he engineered one, he called me. Could you look at my drawing and see what you think? So you learned that he's had experience. He had a bad experience. But what, and what I'm saying is if you have experience, you need to pull off of those experiences. If you have those around you who have had experience, you need to pull off their experiences. Well, have you ever done this before? How did it work? And I say that to say, you know, we have to... Learn, we learn from our experiences. I had learned from doing stuff wrong before. So I had to learn. Sometimes that's the only way you learn. You know, everything looks good on paper. Right? Everything looks good on paper. Everything looks good when you write it down. But there are things you need to know. So take inventory from your life experiences. Galatians 3, 4 says, Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? In the living Bible, I like this last part. It says, you have suffered so much for the gospel. Now, are you going to just throw it all overboard? I can hardly believe it. So all this stuff that you've learned and you've experienced for Christ, are you just going to chunk it? You better keep it in your heart and keep remembering it. Not for keeping... You don't want to go back to that place, but you know, this, I don't do this again. Or this was a great thing. I, this was, I'm not, like I said, it's not bad experiences all the time. It's good experiences too. We have good and bad experiences in life, right? And we need to hold on to some of those so we can look at them every once in a while and say, you know what? That happened. I'm ready. So experiences, are, that's what shapes your life. Experiences shape your life. There are all kinds of experiences, right? They're personal experiences, things that you personally have that, that maybe nobody else knows about but you. But you, you look at that and say, oh, well, this is good, or this is that not, or whatever. So you have personal experiences. And then there are vocational and educational, just like I told you, the job thing. There, there are the experiences you have in there. You need to be able to look at those. Oh, well, that, that's, you know, you look at experiences and say, well, I don't want to do that again, or I really want to do that again. It, it brings you forward. There are spiritual experiences. 
There are experiences we've had in the spirit with God. We have, there are spiritual experiences. There are spiritual experiences, examples in the Bible, in God's word, in our lives that we've had that we want to make sure that we can look at those experiences when we come up. Just, you know, there, there's, there's things that you come up against that maybe you haven't come up against in a long time, but you remember 10 years ago or five years ago or three years ago or two years ago, I, I remember coming, and this is how it happened. This is what I did or what I should have done. And it helps you. And the Spirit of God can raise those things up in you. And then the last one, there are painful experiences. There are experiences that were painful in your life. They weren't the most pleasant things. But we have to learn to learn from those experiences, right? Hopefully they can jut us forward and not backward. You know, when we... When we get older, you know, we used to do certain things, and we did it. And then as we got older, we tried it again, and it became a painful experience. So the next time, we like, mm-mm. Somebody asked me yesterday. We went with um, my granddaughter and, and Mary Ellen and Luke and Peggy and I went, and they were all at Peggy's sister's house, and they were sliding down this big hill. And one of them walked over there with these little teeny round sled and said, you're next. And I said, mm-mm. I did that back in the day, and it was so much fun. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> you know, not only just, the, just you know, you get all the snow down your back, and you get all that, and I was like, I'm, a, I'm not interested in that today. I'm having fun watching y'all. Y'all are awesome, you know. But <laughs> they're different, and I've had some pain. When I was a kid coming up, we had snow a lot more than we do now. And some of our sleds were, I don't even remember the big metal Coca-Cola signs, big red ones. Well, that, we, we had two that the guy had um, given us, and we slid on them. Well, you know, there's no control for them. <laughs> there were trees and telephone poles that we tore up. And, so I remembered those things. So, you know, I don't know if I could handle that like I used to. I can't jump quick enough to get off this thing. So there are all kinds of experiences. So <laughs> we need to, to take an inventory Think about those things and say, you know what? These are the things that have shaped me, and I'm going to let them continue to shape me. The next is when you do all that, then you need to refocus. You know, revival also is part of refocusing. Put the past behind you and refocus. This, I, got, I need to get refocused. I, I kind of was looking out there, and I kind of got off. And now I need to refocus. You ever look through a pair of binoculars? If you move to a certain place, you got to refocus sometimes because things may be closer or further away. Well, as you're going through life, things get closer. So if you still got it too far out there, you got to you, you get into that vision, but you got to focus it in. Same thing with a telescope. A telescope to me is a lot harder to refocus than binoculars. If you ever try to, and so you focus it in. So you got to refocus every so often. So you can keep your eyes on what the vision is. Keep your eyes on what God has you doing. And, you know, sometimes refocusing and having revivals, quit doing the same thing over and over. Especially if it's not working. You know what that is. That's called insanity. And, and quit trying to, you know, I added this as I was in there. Quit trying to do the same thing over and over again with a different twist. 
You know, you've tried enough twists. <laughs> you've tried enough variations. And it just, so, so let's find a different way to do it. You know what you do? You need to get God's word on whatever you're doing. You need to hear his voice on whatever you're doing. You need to be able to pull it out of his word. You need to be able to say, okay, Lord, what do we got to do? I'm sorry, I, we, we got to refocus. So let's, what do we do? Okay, Lord, show me, tell me. Send somebody my way. And, and, and quit focusing on what you don't want and start focusing on what you really want. Or what you don't need and what you really need. Get your attention on something else. You know, too, in that whole thing of focusing, you're supposed to be focused here on your vision and something happens and you want to see what they're doing. Or you want to see what's happening over here. And you can't keep your focus. Or either broaden that focus where you're focused in on here, but you, you, know, you, still, you have peripheral vision. Most people do. And you kind of watch out for things happening over here so it doesn't affect you but you keep your eyes straight ahead peeled ahead um you know i used to ride a motorcycle some and you really have to keep your eyes on what's going on and my wife won't let me ride one anymore i haven't ridden one since i've been married and she, that was one of her requests that i didn't do that anymore because she don't she says no, i don't trust you i don't trust those other people out there and i've been had cars pull out in front of me before Thank the Lord I got stopped. But, but you, you know, you're really keeping your eyes everywhere. You should do that driving a car. Now nobody focuses on anything when they're driving except their phone or whatever, seems like. It's really scary out there, guys. Just keep praying as you go. And if you got memories that, was, that are old and that are bad and that will stop you from going forward, replace them with a good memory. Get rid of those memories. Get rid of those things that you used to do. You know, there's things I did in my past that I never think about. Like, especially way before, before Christ, there are things that I don't think about. And I may see somebody and it kind of brings that, I'll be like, oh, brings that memory up. I hadn't seen them since high school or whatever. And it brings that memory up. You need to replace them with good stuff. Start thinking about something else when they do. Focus on God's word and his promises. You can't go wrong with that focus, right? Focus on his word, focus on his promises. And you'll see those times of refreshing coming into your life. Proverbs 4.23 in the New Century says, Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Wow. You know, Proverbs is a good one to, it's just a good one just to read. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Because you know what? The way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel determines the way you act. Right? The way you think about something. So if you really want to change your actions, change the way you think. You want to think God's way, you want to think in his word. 
And you know what? If you're continually depressed and discouraged or continually distressed, you might want to change the way you think. You might want to start thinking on better things. So you can get bogged down and, 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 you know, and you can start telling, you know, I'm just depressed and I'm, just depressed and I'm not going to care. I'm not going to do anything. Well, you need to get out of that cycle. Think about who Christ is in your life, what he's done for you. Get the joy back in you and quit dwelling on those things. And you can come out of those things. And it's your choice. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can make you do it. It's you deciding, I'm not going to let those thoughts rule my life. Things hurt sometimes, things discourage you, things depress you, things distress you, but you don't have to let them rule your life. Amen? You don't have to think those thoughts. You know, if, if you're acting in fear, if, you act, if all you do is worry, it's because you're thinking those thoughts. You know, I think I talked, was it last week? <laughs> I talked about worry. Worry never did anything for anybody. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's just like you remember in Mark 4, Jesus and the disciples were out on the, in a boat. They were out on the way, the ocean, or not the ocean, but the lake, whatever they were on. The disciples got really worried because it got rough. Well, Jesus is laying up in there sleeping. And um, they finally went and got him. So, do you go sleep during all this? He's like, yeah. Jesus kept calm during the storm. He ended up calming the storm for them. But you know what? Jesus wanted them to realize, I'm with you guys. I'm right here with you. No need to get upset. No need to get afraid. You know, I used to tell people, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I wonder if Jesus wants to say, you know, I'm with you. I'm not finished my mission yet. So, y'all okay. Going to be good. I used to tell people when they want to go to Nicaragua, and I said, I'm scared to fly. I said, I'm scared to get on that plane. I said, well, you get on there with me because I'm coming back because I haven't finished what God's got for me. So I know I'm coming back. I don't know how much comfort that was to some people, but. So when things get tough, when things get rough, when circumstances seem overwhelming, remember this, Jesus is with you. He's there to help you. He's there to bring you through that thing, through that situation. Psalms 1, 2, and 3 says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never, never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So when you meditate on God's Word day and night, you, you bear fruit. You're, you're like a tree planted by the river. Your leaves don't wither. And you prosper in everything that you do. So God is telling us that. So we need to keep our eyes on that and remember that. And you know, one of the other things they have is listen to 
the trusted ones that God has put in your life. There are people that God has put in your life that you need to listen to, that will speak life to you, that will speak the right things to you. I'm not talking about everybody that you come along with that you know, but I'm talking about people that God has put in your life that you trust. Learn to hear what they have to say to you. Learn to let them speak into your life. Proverbs 15, 22 in the Passion says, your plans will fall apart in front of you if you fail to get good advice. Listen to who's talking to you. But if you first seek out multiple counselors, you'll watch your plan succeed. In other words, those around you who you trust, allow them to speak in your life. And then once you get you getting all this done, you get refocused, then you need to act in faith. You gotta believe what God has told you. Act in faith. And start going forward. Stand up and say, you know what? This is what God has told me. I believe it. And I'm going to go through with it. Matthew 9, 29 says, Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Matthew 9, 29 Amplified said, Then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, your trust and confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. If so if you want to change anything in life, you've got to have faith. Jesus said it was done to them because of their faith, because they trusted God. They believed in him. They believed that Jesus could do it. They could believe. Look at all the times it's like the, um, they went to Jesus. If I can just get to Jesus. We got, you know what? We have Jesus to our access all the time. He's spiritual now. He's not just a physical thing. So we can get to him. We, we need to learn. We can look to him and we got to have faith. We have faith in him. We believe it. Acts 3, 1 through 5 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. You know, we tend to get out of life what we expect. Now, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't really um, expecting He was expecting to see something. He was asking for money. But he got way much more because he asked the right people. So, you know, we just have to, when we gave, he gave them their attention, he expected something. And he got it. We have to ex have expectation in our life. I'm expecting God to do something. Sometimes he does way more than what we were expecting. Just like with this guy. Wasn't him being able to walk way more than money? You know, at that point he could go out and, and make his own money, whatever. Because he, he had his new life again. He had his legs back. So we tend to get out of life what we expect. So we learn from those past failures and mistakes. And we act in faith for the future. 
We act in faith for the future. And don't worry about what other people say or think. <laughs> it's hard to act in faith when you're worried about what somebody might say. It's hard to act in faith when you're concerned about what everybody thinks. If I had done that, I, I don't know where I'd be. Well, you know, so-and-so won't like it. They don't believe you can do it. They think that you've lost your mind. I mean, even family people can do that to you. Sometimes they're the worst. What are you doing that for? Why don't you get a real job? <laughs> sorry, I said it. I ain't really sorry, but I said it. And it's true. I've heard that before, you know. Anyway, I won't go into any of that. Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. So who are you going to trust? The Lord or what they say? You know, you know, we hear a lot that he said, they say this, and they say, and they say, and I always say, who is they? Proverbs 29, 25 in the Passion says, Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. But when you place your confidence in the Lord, you will be seated in the high place. So at the bottom line of this, you need to learn from the past, act in faith for the future, and look to God for guidance. Amen? That's what you need to do. It's a simple, you know, sometimes simple things don't need anything else said. It's the truth. And then the last one is trust. We've got to trust God. We've got to realize who do we put our trust in. Zechariah 4, 6. says, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not by what you can do. It's not by, by your own power, but it's by the power of God. It's trusting in him. It's trusting in his word. It's trusting in what he said and what he does say and what he said to you. Psalm 13, 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I trust in you. The psalmist is saying, I trust in you. I put my trust in you. Wow, how, how many people have to, you, you, listen, you've got to learn to put your trust in God. You can't trust in everything else. Your trust, your total, your ultimate trust has to be in God. If we could trust, if you right now, and if you right here, standing here, if you out there could trust God as much as you trust that seat you're sitting in, wow, it'd be awesome. Because how many of you, before you sat down, thought, you reckon it's going to hold me up today? No. None of you questioned it, right? You just sat down. I walked up here and knew it was going to hold me. You know, one of the reasons for that is because I've sat in the seat time after time after time. And it's always 
See, if we trust God time after time after time, we know he's proven. Amen? Trust isn't always just something blind. It's you trust in, in that. You trust to walk in this building and we don't cave in. Thank the Lord because there's some things in here I don't wonder about. <laughs> Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Those who what? Trust in God. Those who trust in the Lord. They'll find new strength. There'll be a refreshing come about you. You trust in God is a refreshing. You know, we have to believe that, that God is doing a refreshing in our lives. I believe he's doing a refreshing in our lives individually and as corporately as a church. And we're going to see some new strength. We're going to begin to soar high on wings like eagles. And my last verse is... Hebrews 10, 35 says, Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. So don't throw away that trust you have in God. Don't, don't, don't replace it for something else. Don't fling it out. Don't throw it away. You know, when somebody becomes a Christian, they become a brand new person inside, Right? They're refreshed. They're changed. They're not the same anymore. A new life has begun in them. Well, God specializes in new beginnings. And Christ has the power to do that. Through the born again spirit. We have a fresh start in us this new year. We can have a fresh start. We can have a fresh start. Amen? God says, I don't want you to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to give you a whole new life. <laughs> don't turn over a new leaf. Receive the whole new life from Christ. Amen. Holly, let's stand up this morning here. Let's ask God's blessing upon his word. Let's pray. You know, I, I am, God has, hallelujah. I'm just so excited about what he has in store for us. You know, I want to say something about when you fast and when you're fasting. And, and I'll tell you this. I went away this week for four days on my sabbatical fast, I call it. And, and there's so many things that you hear from God later. Not necessarily in the midst of it. But if you continue to focus on that, you'll begin to hear things and hear things and hear things. And God will begin to just pour them out to you. You know, we all have to make steps of faith. Sometimes they're big steps. You might not think it's big, but somebody else, it might be a big step. I, I just was reminded of when... In 19, 